the Bible reading for this week would be uh, Daniel chapter 7 verses 1 to 2 and 13 to 18. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions passed through his mind as he was lying on his bed. He wrote down the substance of his dream. Daniel said, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven, churning up the great sea. Now, uh, verses 13. In my vision at night I looked. And there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away. And his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was troubled in spirit, and the visions that passed through my mind disturbed me. I approached one of those standing there and asked them the true meaning of this. So he told me and gave me the interpretation, interpretation of these things. The four great beasts are four kingdoms. And that will rise from the earth. But the saints of the Most High will receive the kingdom and will possess it forever. Yes, forever and ever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Be All right. Well, good morning also from me. Wait a moment. Great. Well, good morning also from me and uh, yeah, again, a Merry Christmas. My guess is you found it a very weird passage for a Christmas sermon, uh, I can imagine. I mean, it is the most often quoted Old Testament passage in the New Testament. It, it is very important, but does it have anything to do with Christmas? Well, yes, absolutely. But why don't we pray for us to see that uh, together? Let's pray. Our Father, thank you again for Jesus. Thank you. He came down. Uh, he became human for us. And we pray that we would see more what that means and how that uh, impacts our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, why Christmas? Why did Jesus become a human? That's what we've been talking about the past few weeks. Um, why did he become human? And I guess we talk about that, of course. Yeah, God, the infinite God. How can he become so small? That's amazing. And how could he kind of leave the comforts from heaven and come down and live kind of in this dark world of pain and suffering? But actually just imagine if Jesus was born kind of now in Hong Kong, right? Let's think about Jesus becoming human. So he was born as a baby and then as he grows up, well, he goes to school, right? And so uh, Jesus is there, he goes to school and he does a lot of homework, right? And uh, you know, he uh, kind of has to study for exams. Hey, here's Almighty God. He comes down and, and does those things. And then, of course, uh, he goes to uni. Um, I mean, he lives with his family, right, in a small crowded apartment together with Mary and Joseph and his four little brothers. And uh, they have the winter solstice together and uh, they do their chores. And, yeah, and after uni, he gets a job. So 
You know, he uh, puts on his suit every morning and he takes the MTR to work and there he kind of, he sits in an office behind a computer doing spreadsheets or sending emails. I don't know how you feel about that. My guess is you think this is crazy, right? Why would God come down and, and do that? Uh, why would he waste his time, right? I mean, age 30, he went out and become a preacher and do miracles. I mean, that's when the real thing started. But, you know, 30 years just wasted in, on ordinary, normal life. I, th I think that's how many of us would respond. And I think that's, that's how we see our normal life, maybe, right? Maybe that's how we see just going to school and homework. It's, yeah, you need to do it to get a job later, but what's the point? Uh, your job, you, then you have a job. Well, yeah, you, you get some money so that you can buy food, and, uh, but most of us don't see it as very important. We wouldn't see why the Son of God would have to come down and, and live a normal human life and then go on and do ministry and, and all those things, right? That's, why we wonder, but Jesus became a human, right? I don't know, maybe Christmas, you spent some time away from school, away from work, you look back on it, and of course last year was difficult, but in general, even if you didn't have online learning, you know, uh, why school, uh, those kind of things. Well, I hope today we'll see that. Uh, we'll see that actually these things are part of something bigger, and, and Christmas shows what these things mean. I think that's great. Now. The title is, why, did Jesus, uh, well, why Jesus Came? Well, to bring God's kingdom, uh, the kingdom of God. That's what we talk about. And Christians talk about that quite a lot. I, I guess as we go in, we, um, I wonder what you think that means. Jesus came to bring the kingdom. Well, what is the kingdom? I mean, people have all kinds of ideas about what that means. Uh, is it just uh, that, that God is the king, that God is in charge? Well before Jesus he was also in charge, so that, that's not the kingdom of God. That, I guess it's part of it, but yeah, uh, is it about Jesus being our king? Is that the kingdom of God? Some people think, well, the, the kingdom of heaven, right? That, that's heaven, there's no more suffering and everything is perfect and joyful, that is the kingdom. Or when people do justice and righteousness and uh, those kind of things, well, that is, that, that is the kingdom. Well, all those ideas are related. Well, if we want to see it, though, we, we, we just need to go back to the beginning of the Bible. Uh, if we want to see the kingdom, well, uh, let's start, as always, in Genesis 1 to 3, and then see how that leads to Christmas. So we, we start with, yeah, Genesis 1 to 3, uh, a failed kingdom. Um, so here we go. Uh, <coughs> sorry. Failed kingdom. Now, Genesis 1 to 3, we see there kind of God's original design for his kingdom. God's original design for the world. And, and what is that? Well, uh, let me read Genesis uh, 1, 26, kind of our, uh, yeah, our commission. Uh, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And humans are made here, are created, but they are made in God's image. They are a, a copy, of, um, a, a, a copy of, of God in a way. Uh, last week was a pre-recorded service, so I, I, I watched myself, I saw a copy of myself, right? Uh, we are in a way copies. Now how are we copies? Uh, not in every way. Well, what do we do here? Well, we rule. Uh, humans rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, 
uh, those kind of things. So, of course, God is the supreme ruler. He's the ruler over us, but he, he makes us humans rulers over the world. Right? We, we take care of the world. Adam took care of the Garden of Eden. Yeah, you see that, for example, uh, Psalm 8, which kind of goes uh, into this. Huh? What is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. Like, wow, God, you, you've made us so special. Why? Well, you've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. And you made them rulers over the works of your hands. Humans are, are, are rulers. Now, I don't know what you think that means. Uh, do we sit in a building, voting, making decisions? Maybe that's what you think uh, it's like. No, uh, this is just ordinary life. Uh, we work. Uh, we have families. We just, just ordinary life. But we do that God's way, right? This is under God. We are copies and so... God is a God of grace and love and justice and compassion and, and we, we live with those things and that's how the world flourishes. And so all these things we talked about, they're all there, right? God as the king, maybe I'll put it in a picture for you like this. Uh, God as the king, but, but then humans who do justice and righteousness and, and the world flourishes, right? That, that's the picture here, that's, that's the pattern, that's the design. Uh, that, that's who we are. Humans are, are, are kings in a very ordinary way, but, but by living under God. That, that's, that's the kingdom. God's people living there under God, ruling over God's world. Of course, as we all know, that didn't go right. Uh, last week we started with the reading from Genesis 3, how Adam and Eve sinned. And, and if you think about it, well, what happens in, of course, they disobey. But more than that, they, the kingdom gets turned upside down. Because what did they do? They listened to the serpent. Of course, the serpent was Satan, but he's presented here as a serpent, and he was more crafty than any other animal. Now, where do the animals, where should they be? They should be at the bottom, right? Humans rule over snakes. <laughs> Except that now, Adam and Eve listen to the snake, right? So it's... It's reversed. Now you have the animal almost ruling over the humans. And God is kind of, he's ignored. He's at the bottom, right? Can, can you see that? It's a reversal of order. Uh, if you were last year at the 11.30 service, you may have heard some of this before. Um, yeah, right? So God's kingdom is turned upside down with the you, yeah, animals on top, the creation on top. Can, can you see that? It's an inversion. And, and that is what we see throughout the Bible then. So Daniel had this vision, and uh, yeah, I missed the, the, num the number three in the passage I gave, but uh, Daniel said, in my vision at night I looked, and there before me were the four winds of heaven, churning up the great sea. Four great beasts, each different from the others, came up out of the sea. Uh, this, this vision where before the, the Son of Man, Daniel sees these four beasts, and they are, you know, People have tried to make pictures. There are these kind of terrifying beasts like lions and bears and eagles and, and beasts that they, they can't even you know, recognize and they, they have sharp teeth. Now, what does that show? And these are the kingdoms of the world. Well, it's like animals are in charge, right? It's, it's upside down. It's instead of humans living God's way with ruling God's way with justice and compassion, here are beasts. 
here are people who live their own way, not God's way. And it's like the beasts are in charge. Right? That same picture with the beasts in charge. That is, well, the, the kingdom is, is overthrown. The kingdom is upside down. The, the kingdom is gone. I, I hope you can see that, right? And in a way, that's not just, it's not just a, a sin. In a way, the way God punishes Adam and Eve almost reinforces that. And they rebel against God. Well, in punishment, almost the creation rebels against them, right? Adam and Eve, working the ground becomes hard. It's almost, you know, it's a battle against creation almost, right? The way we live. I mean, this virus, human beings should rule over the virus. Instead, the virus rules over us. It's upside down, right? I hope you can see that. And it's a, it's a great explanation of our world. That's what we see. I, I think it's, it's worth dwelling on it a little bit, right? So, according to the Bible, we're not just victims. We're, we're rebels. And Christmas, we, we often, you know, we think about that. We're stuck in the dark. But Jesus brings the light. And, and we're in bondage and oppression. But Jesus brings freedom, yes. But... It's a mess of our own making, right? Because we overthrew the kingdom. We disobeyed our ruler, right? And that's serious. I, I think hopefully when you see this picture of us as, as rulers, yeah, sin is more serious. We, we talk about that with politics, right? We talk about politics and why does politics matter? Well, because you impact so many people. A little child who sins, well, no one really gets hurt apart from their younger sibling if a government rules its own way uh, in human, then millions of people suffer. Well, when we sin, it's not just against God. We, we hurt each other. We, uh, we damage God's world. And no wonder he's angry. Right? We've ruined his kingdom. But it doesn't end there, of course. Well, it's time for Christmas. Well, actually, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, that started in the Garden of Eden when, well, there was a new king promised. And, yeah, already in Genesis 3, chapter 15, we read it last week, uh, there's a promise of the gospel. Uh, uh, Genesis 3, 15, promised to the serpent, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Now here is someone who comes and, and defeats Satan. Okay, that, that's, that's what we want. But, but look at the imagery. How is he going to do that? What is he going to do? Well, here's the question from this verse. Where is the snake? Where is the serpent? Right? I mean, he will crush your head and, and you will strike his heel. Right? Uh, what is it going to be? Where is the serpent? Well, he's, he is under the feet of this offspring. And his head is crushed. Now, head stands for rule. So it's, it's the rule of Satan that is crushed. And he's under the feet again, where he belongs. So actually, this offspring, he's going to put it right again. Things are gonna, he's going to live the right way. He is not going to be ruled over by Satan. No, he is again under God. And this, the animals, well, the creation is, is under him. So this is a human who will live the right way. That is what is being promised. A new Adam. Someone who rules the right way. God's way. And then, of course, that, that idea of someone who is like God. A, a copy, again, 
uh, that's gonna, well, I'm not gonna show it to you from Abraham and David and the prophets, I, I could do that, but uh, again, go to Daniel. So Daniel, <coughs> in my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the engine of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. And so in contrast to these four beasts, these four well, beastly empires, here is God's kingdom. But, but who is the king? How is this kingdom described? Well, it's a, a son of man. And if you, in your Bible, you, there's a footnote and it says this just means human being. A human being. Right? Here is the, the God's kingdom and it's given to, it's, it's, it's run by a human being. So some, not someone who rules his own way like a beast, but someone who is under God. And that's why this passage is about Christmas. This, this is about a, a human being, a true human being, who lives under God, lives God's way, rules God's way, and, and that matters. And, and he gets the kingdom, because that's what the kingdom was always supposed to be, a, a human living under God. Right? That is the design. And so, yeah, Jesus had to become a human. Right? The kingdom of God needs a human living an ordinary life, but in an extraordinary way, under God, God's way, showing, imaging his rule. And that's what Jesus did. So actually his whole life matters. Right? I don't know what you think Jesus did for you. And we always talk about the cross, and that's true. And that was, of course, his greatest moment when he died for us. But Jesus lived that whole human life for us, in our place. Because that's what the kingdom of God requires. So yeah, he, he, he carpented, right? He, he, was, a, he was born, uh, yeah, his, his job. He was a carpenter. And so he did his job for God's glory. He did his job God's way, under God's rule. And, and, and that was a perfect life. And, and that fulfilled the kingdom. And he was the perfect son to Joseph and Mary. And he always listened. He was the perfect sibling. And he never argued with his brothers. He always shared his toys. Uh, all that. He, he lived a perfect life, God's way, uh, with, with justice and compassion. And he was the perfect neighbor, living there in a town and seeing needs and helping. And, and the perfect citizen. Uh, he was the perfect believer who went to the synagogue and read his Bible and prayed all his kind of normal life. But he lived that for us. He lived that, yeah, because that, that was what's needed. And it's not just dying for our sin. Of course, that, that was the climax, but it was not just that one heroic Good Friday. His whole life, he came to do what we failed to do. And that's beautiful, right? The more someone does for you, the more you love them. Well, Jesus loved us those 33 years, living an ordinary life in an extraordinary way in our place. But I think, I think that shows us something about our, our lives, right? Our lives that we think are quite pointless. Actually, it shows that actually God thinks they're really important because Jesus came to do them for us. Jesus came to replace us. We needed replacing. Uh, think about it like this. I don't know if you know what uh, appendicitis is. Your appendix, it's, it's this part of your body. You don't really need it. And so if, it has an, if you have an infection, 
and you get some surgery, but they kind of they uh, they cut it out, and uh, and that's it. Now, if your heart, on the other hand, has a problem, what do you do? Well, they they give you a heart transplant. They give you a new heart. Why do they give you a new heart and not a new appendix? Well, because your heart is, is critical. Your heart is, is, is needed, it's, it's essential. And your appendix isn't. Well, Christmas shows something about you and in, in your life. Right? We are essential. Humans and their lives are, are, are essential because they, they get replaced. Christmas is a, is a humanity transplant. Does that, that make sense? A humanity transplant. Because Jesus came to, well, to replace us. I mean, it's humbling, we needed replacing because of we're such sinners. But it, it honors us because Jesus came to live that life. I mean, Jesus didn't become a dolphin. Dolphins are not, they're nice, but they're, they're not essential, right, to God's plan. Satan didn't get replaced, right? Here is the, this super archangel who turned away from God. Jesus didn't become a super archangel or something to replace him. But he came to replace us because we matter so much for God's kingdom. Uh, that's, yeah, that's such a, it, it, it honors us, right? It makes us think, wow, our, our lives matter. I mean, think about the secular narrative, right? Think about, you know, you, you're told you're just a monkey with large brains. You're just a, a virus that's a bit more developed. You, you know, you're, you're not, nothing important. Just eat, drink, be merry, your life doesn't matter. Christmas says, no, your life matters. And the, the lockdowns, so, so many people struggled with that, right? Being told you're not essential, right? The, uh, the doctors, they can go to work. The rest of you just stay home because you're not really needed. That, that's a hard message for people. And the Bible says, no, you, you are needed. Just your ordinary life, ordinary family, if it's done, it, it, it's needed but it needs to be done in, in, in God's way, right? That is why Jesus came, but yeah, your, your life matters. I think that's incredible. Again, what do you think is the perfect Christian life? What is the, maybe you think of someone, a monk who just prays the whole day, and you think, well, I'm, I just have a job and a family, I can't do those things. I have homework, no. Those things, it's the kingdom of God, that's how God made things to be, they matter. But, of course, do we matter? I mean, did Jesus really replace us and now we're no longer needed, right? Like the old heart that, that goes away. Well, no, we, we still fit in. Why? Well, God's plan was never just Adam and it's not just a new Adam. No, it's a new humanity and just like, uh, so we have a new kingdom. And, and just like Adam and Eve, they were supposed to have lots of children and so fill the world. Well, Jesus wants us to fill the world with, with him, all right, as people turn to him and become like him. And, and, and we see that in a way, in other places in the Bible, how we fit in. Maybe you wonder, where do we fit in? Well, let's go to Ephesians, where this same idea is quoted. Ephesians 1. Uh, it talks about Jesus being made ruler of everything and God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, I'm not a great artist, but I'm going to try to sketch this out, just so you can see what this passage says. So, 
Uh, Jesus, God put all things under his feet. So uh, here's all things under Jesus' feet. And he made Jesus head over everything. Now, where do you fit in? Where do we fit in? Well, the church is his body, right? We are there, we are the body of Christ. But that's, that's not just a picture of intimacy, yeah? the head and the body. We are, you know, we're part of Christ. We're part of his, his rule over the world. We're, we're rulers again in Christ. Yeah, that, that is how you fit if you're a Christian. I mean, it's very clear from this. I mean, it, it spreads through Jesus, right? It is people who are in Christ. Uh, people who don't believe, but they do justice, that's, that's great, but that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is, well, the rule of, of Jesus. Yeah? God, Jesus, us, the world. But it's, it's all God's rule filtering down, uh, working that out. But that is who you are. Yeah? I mean, people use their bodies to work. Uh, I fix a scooter. I don't just use my head. I use my body. And, and we are the body of Christ. We are God's instruments, Jesus' instruments here on earth to, to do his, his will, to live for him. And, and, yeah, to, and so to, in our ordinary lives, living God's way, well, that is God's kingdom. The kingdom is restored when we do that. Of course, in some ways that's future. Uh, in some ways, yeah, that's fully there when, when Jesus returns and then we'll be fully human, fully alive again uh, and we'll reign forever in the new creation. But even now, right, the kingdom has already come now, the Bible says. Uh, Daniel, another chapter, talks about, yeah, this stone crashes into the, the earth and then it, <laughs> it becomes a mountain that fills the whole earth. It's something that's growing now. And not just as people believe, but as they work that out, as they start living God's way, as we start uh, yeah, coming again under the rule of God, under the rule of Jesus. That's God's kingdom. And so, yeah, God wants us to be active, to take responsibility. Again, we, we don't often see that, right? I don't know what you think it's like to be a Christian. And with many songs, we have this kind of, yeah, again, we're, we're victims, we're oppressed, we're in the dark, and we wait. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and, and ransom, captive Israel. We wait. And that's true, that's absolutely in the Bible. But, but then we can have a kind of waiting mentality. I mean, I was thinking of this, this meme that I'm sure you've seen, kind of about the weird 2020 that we've had. Yeah, so lying around on your couch in 2019, you just lazy. In 2020, well, now you're a responsible adult. You're saving the world, right? This is the right thing to do. Just you wait at home and we'll sort it out. Yeah, wait for the vaccine, wait for... Just wait, wait to be saved. But is that what God wants us to do? Is that a, a faithful Christian, uh, you know, just waiting for Jesus to come back? Well, I, I hope you see that that is not the picture, right? You're part of the body of Christ. You are, well, a ruler. You, you, you are part of the kingdom. And God wants us to live that way. Right? He's changing us. He's coming to our life. Jesus has shown the way. He wants us to live differently, to live now in our ordinary lives, in our jobs, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in, uh, to do good, to do justice, compassion, love. And that is, that's the kingdom. 
Right? So th that is what Christmas shows us. Yeah, it, it ends with us. We, we, we need to now go and act. Right? Jesus, he came and lived an ordinary life for Christmas. And that was Christmas. And well, for us now, we can live our ordinary lives, but we live it beautifully. We live it God's way. Yeah, so it's still holiday, but when you go back to school, when you go back to work, well, see it like this, right? See yourself as, well, as people say, an agent of the kingdom. You're not there just to wait. You're not there to just live your normal, worldly, sinful life while waiting for Jesus to come back. Let's live God's way and let's see the, the kingdom grow. Uh, that is the goal of Christmas. That's why Jesus came to restore the kingdom. And that means, yeah, we, we have a role now. So let's pray that we would do that. Father, thank you again for Jesus. Thank you for the perfect life he lived. This ordinary but beautiful life, fully reflecting who you are, your love, your grace. And that in so many ordinary ways that he did for us because we needed it so much. Father, would we now be like him? Would by your spirit you stir us up? Help us to live as your people, uh, as those of who belong to you as your rulers, part of your kingdom here in this world. And would we see you do great good yeah, through your church, through the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.